Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Curzon Film Podcast. This week we'll be discussing Xavier Legrand's custody and we'll be hearing from one of the film stars, Dennis Minichet. I'm Sam Howlett and joining me this week are Campbell A. Campbell. Hello. And Stephen Ryder. Hello. Uh, I couldn't be bothered to think of a funny intro, so I just said your names. That's all right. That's funny enough. <laughs> yeah, I'll do. I'll do. <laughs> So, Custody, which won Best Director and Lion of the Future Award at the Venice Film Festival, follows a bitter custody battle between Miriam and Antoine and the effect it has on their young son, Julian. The characters were introduced in Legrand's short film, Just Before Losing Everything, and Custody is a continuation of their story. Miriam is played by Leah Drucker, and Antoine is played by Dennis Menachet, who you will have seen recently in Mary Magdalene, Assassin's Creed, The Programme, Grand Central... Perhaps best known for the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards as the farmer that gives Hans Lander some delicious milk. And mm-hmm. Stephen, you spoke to him. Yeah, I did. Uh, and he was uh, far less intimidating than he is in this film. So it was a pleasant a pleasant interview, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. Excellent. So this is Denis Minichet. Okay, wonderful. Uh, Denis, it's great to have you. Thanks for uh, coming along. I have to say that it's uh, quite a menacing performance that you give in this film. So I'm surprised to see that you're such a, a nice guy in reality, to be quite That's honest. A compliment, yeah, you. no, it was, um, it was startling. I actually saw the film at the uh, London Film Festival. Yeah. It was a late addition to the festival and um, it blew me away straight away. Um, after I'd seen it, I, r- I realized that I'd actually forgotten to breathe for the last 20 minutes of the film yeah, which, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which hasn't happened to me for a long time I was so invested in it um, but before we get into uh, that kind of stuff um, could you tell me a little bit about how you came to the project because obviously it was a um, it was a short film uh, just before losing everything yeah. uh, 2013 I think exactly, that one was yeah. and um, how you came to that and then how you kind of moved on to making the feature well, I, I, I come from uh, uh, short films, mm-hmm. so after I started working, I just wanted to just give back every year, and every year I wanted to just do a short film for you know young directors to just uh, express themselves. That's great. And um, one of the, um, it was in August, my friend Leah, who plays my wife in custody, mm-hmm. uh, called me up and said she was doing this short film and the director wanted me to come along for a couple of days, and um, because of that rule, I went. 
<laughs> and the rest is history. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah. And when you uh, were making the short, did um, did Xavier, the director, did he know that um, it, he wanted to make a feature film out of these characters? No, he wanted to make three short films okay. for, uh, of this three different stages of those kind of uh, situations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, and after the success of the, f- of the short, which was kind of incredible because he went to the Oscars, he decided to write the long feature to merge the two last short yeah. films into one. Okay, yeah. so they are basically two short films. Merged. Not really, but, th- but he, that was the idea, idea yeah, that was the concept. The, yeah, the first oh, concept. Oh, great, was great. Idea, yeah. No, that's amazing. I mean, um, so obviously you play a kind of uh, a, an abusive husband um, and this abuse happens in, in kind of multiple ways. It's Some of it's emotional. I know in the short film it's, it's physical abuse that we kind of are alluded to. Yeah. Um, but when you were kind of uh, preparing for this role, obviously you knew you'd have to be working with children. Yeah. And um, some of the scenes in, in custody are very d- distressing scenes. Yeah. Um, how did you go about kind of preparing and rehearsing for those scenes with Thomas Julian, uh, to- sorry, Gloria. Thomas Gloria, who plays Julian Gloria, yeah. um, in, the, in the film? Um, first of all, before I, s- I met the kid, I wanted to just extract sort of a behavior of those kind of um, um, uh, guys. And um, and so I studied all the the interviews of women who were beaten up by their husbands, mm-hmm. and in those testimonies, you could like extract sort of a, sort of a common points and behaviors and all that. And then when I worked with the kid, I was kind of concerned, you know, like what's going to happen? Yeah. And it, is it, he is he going to survive? Is his first film? Uh, is it going to be a good experience for him? So I bought this like. Uh, small football handball yeah and um and i was rehearsing with him my lines throwing the ball with one of my lines and he was throwing back the ball and i could put violence within as a game uh-huh and um and i thought it was a brilliant idea and i was a, a, a very mindset kind of actor and he didn't care <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like come on man, let's just 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 make the film together yeah, what yeah, are you yeah. doing <laughs> but we became pals because of that and then we every after every scene we used to play and and make it a good summer, a good memory for him. Oh, that's incredible! Yeah. So the the scene that you two share in in the car, yeah, um, which is is incredibly filmed and incredibly well acted. How much of that was actually rehearsed, or how much of it was spontaneous? Um, everything was on the script, but okay. uh, th- when I punched, uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, that's the bit. I'm that was of. not scripted. Oh wow. Um, but we trusted each other that much. Yeah, yeah, because his reaction is is very physical and like it's yeah. incredible to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone was crying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, both of us were laughing about it, but all the rest of the crew were, were <laughs> crying, which was fun. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, watching the film, it's obviously kind of it comes from a realist tradition, um, and it's shot in a seemingly kind of simple way. Mm-hmm. Although there's, these, there's a lot of these long takes, especially the one at the party. Mm. Um, did Javier kind of walk you through exactly how he wanted these scenes to, to come out? Or did he leave you room? Visually? Come? Yeah, visually. No, it was no. just about the acting, really. Yeah, yeah. But when you, you, once you start talking with him and you, could, you realize that everything was already in his mind and he chose the sets, the houses, and everything um, uh, regarding what he had in mind. Mm-hmm. So he already had that grammar about how to use images to, um, to influence people. Yeah, yeah, and that was incredible. Well, he's a he comes from an acting background himself. Yeah, he's, a, he's an amazing actor, yeah. stage actor. H- yeah. Have you worked with directors who have been actors before, or I worked with Julie Delpy. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah, and Tarantino is an actor. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> arguably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I think he's an amazing. Actor. I think he's got. Uh, I think he's a very. Um, uh, yeah, 
he's a character actor, isn't he? Yeah. You know, he's, uh, he, 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 maybe he'll win a Best Support in one day. One day. Um, so, so despite the kind of obviously kind of um, abusive behavior of uh, Antoine mm. in the film, um, I feel like the script uh, and the and the direction sets him up to be a complex character. Mm. Um, and I think you know that's a kind of problematic area that some directors might might walk into because do you want to give this kind of monstrous character a human side um and i was wondering from your perspective do you think that um antoine is just kind of a pure monster or do you think uh, and and this is kind of aware of the emotional manipulation that he's doing in the film or do you think that he is a more complex kind of guy i i, I would go with the more complex uh, mm. answer because uh we we worked with the director with xavier legrand we really worked hard into not forgetting the human aspect mm -hmm. of being a, a father separated from his family mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and from the love of his life. You can tell they were in love mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And um, that was something we really worked hard on, not to just m make him this obsessed guy, like, where is she? And yeah. Tell me where she is, yeah. and all those things. And um, f so that was one, one thing. But then when it comes to being heartbroken and losing it, using a, a, a rifle is never a good option so i would never say he's a i, I feel sorry for him no, I, don't, no. I don't feel sorry for him yeah i think that's so important though because there's been so many films i've seen where the antagonist is portrayed to just be a monster mm. and if you show that monster too often it stops being scary yeah but if then if you for the example the scene in the kitchen um which uh i wasn't prepared for when i saw the film <laughs> yeah. and uh i was so tense and so tight um that uh, I didn't know how to feel about the way you portrayed the character in that scene. Could you tell me a little bit about that? That scene? Yeah, that scene. It was it was written as such, uh -huh. but uh, I wanted to... He breaks and he cries, and I wanted to use that, again, as a mask, as a as a technique to go and, 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 and get her back. So he cries like a kid. I really wanted to yeah, cry really like, does. like a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was this thing that came back in all those women's testimony, the vampire metaphor, you came back a lot and I, th I I always found it very fa interesting and fascinating because those guys sucked literally the life out of the, their wives mm. and um and I don't know how it came about but I I go around her and I'm, I'm a big guy so yeah. I'm way bigger than, than she is but I, I put that pose as a vampire again huh and uh, I was so happy that came up because you never never plan anything. Yeah, yeah. But it did come back. That well, yeah. I was very pleased with that. It's a really hulking kind of hug yeah. and giver, and the way that he shoots it from the back with the big shoulders, kind yeah. of, and just her tiny little face. It's, mm -hmm. um, and she doesn't. She tries to hug him, and she doesn't. Yes, she and keeps her hands yeah. by the side. I think. And it's then he tries to hug her again as yeah. he leaves. Yeah. And it doesn't work. It's an amazing physical performance, Denny. Actually, it's, it's an incredible <laughs> physical performance, which is you know I think is lacking a lot. Um, in, in cinema these days you, you don't get a lot of room to work with your entire body I think it was um, a gift this this part was just uh, w this is why I'm an actor yeah, yeah yeah there's a detachment from the direction that like allows you to kind of move around the frame and it's yeah. it's, it's really really quite incredible um, and I was wondering about Antoine's relationship with his parents yeah um, it's kind of hinted at in the film mm. that that's where maybe some of this kind of rage and anger comes from. Um, did you talk about that with Javier? I, I was asking that question all the time, yeah. all the time, because I needed that background. I needed to know because of my studied about those guys. Mm -hmm. I knew it always comes from a broken home. Yeah. And I wanted to know the specifics uh, about that situation. And he never wanted to tell me, the director, Xavier. And uh, <laughs> the, the night before we shot this, that the, the scenes with my parents, he sent the three actors, my mom, dad, and, and, and I, the, 
the story of what happened. Yes. And so it kind of makes so much sense, but you can see it in every every like blink of an eye in everyone. You can see what all this story and I will never reveal what it is <laughs> but it, 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 yeah I was you were spot on when you said that yeah that's amazing so there is kind of a, a, a more a story that can kind of build out from these characters you Completely, think that is yeah. a bigger story that we don't get to see it, yeah their story is, uh, is uh, yeah tragic as well yeah do you think there's any chance that, that Xavier might you know uh, go back to these characters one day or do you think this is a story that you guys and are finished with i don't know it helped us yeah yeah <laughs> no, that's great that's really great um so yeah do, do you think that that you know the film does have a universal appeal then do you think that when it comes to kind of uh to to england to cinemas in april that that audiences are going to react to that british audiences are going to react to this the same way that french audiences would unfortunately people have they all have um personal relationship with violence uh, even more so domestic violence and we saw it throughout France when we showed the film everyone wanted to tell the story about how they relate to that topic mm -hmm. and that was a bit sad and I was very impressed by how people survive those things yeah yeah so and but the film in itself is such a real s object of cinema and cinema conveys it leads you to such a s uh, state of shock yeah and therefore, a conversation, when you feel what it what it does to someone, as much as the film makes you feel, then conversations it, are, are, are happening. And that's a very good thing. And I think it will happen in England as well. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, as I was saying, when I saw the film at the, the London Film Festival, because it, it was a late edition, I actually went into it um, a little bit blind. Mm. Um, and I, you know, although people are probably listening to this and they're getting a good idea for what the story is about now, I think that it's really great to go into this story um, with as little knowledge as possible. It is. Um, so, like, uh, you know, for people listening, I wouldn't go in uh, any deeper. I'd just go yeah. to see this at the cinema and kind of be taken over by it, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it truly is a fantastic performance. The whole cast and the director, I think, give, uh, give top-notch performances. And I look forward to seeing some of uh, your work in Legrands in the future, Denis. Thank you. All right, thank you ever thank so, so much. much. Thank you. Cheers. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, let's get into it then. Custody. So should we start with the opening scene, which is this really long, drawn-out introduction to the characters in this sort of mini courtroom. What do mm. you guys make of this opening? I really loved its perspective. Just the way it keeps us out of remove while... Uh, letting the characters kind of state their case and leaves it to us to figure out who we believe. I mean, 
most people will firmly fall on the side of Miriam. Um, but it's nice that it doesn't batter you over the head with evil. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very it's very pedestrian. I think it's really easy for like once you've seen the film to kind of look back at that and be like. Uh, red flag, red flag, red flag. But I remember watching it for the first time and and really not being sure of what was gonna, you know, what was gonna transpire between these characters. I didn't know if it was a case of the mother being manipulative. You know, something told me it wasn't. Um, but you almost that scene is so long and so drawn out and so painful to watch. Yeah. But at some point, you do start questioning, like, why is this father working so hard to get his child back? Mm. Like, if he is the kind of bad person yeah. that, uh, that, that the mother's making him out to be, then why? Um, why why is he trying so hard? But, I mean, it's all for me, that scene's all about the framing, right? Like, yeah. it, it's the way that it's a, such a claustrophobic kind of office. And you've got these kind of like, you can barely imagine the camera yeah. fitting into the room. And you've got this big hawking guy in one corner and this like kind of very, very dominion. Yeah, 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 woman in the other. And it's, um, and then the two lawyers facing off against each other. And it really quickly becomes a claustrophobic kind of film. And it never really stops being claustrophobic mm. after that, I think. It yeah. never feels like the camera like pulls away from them. No. It just kind of, it feels like it's just locked in mm. and it just stays at this really uncomfortable like closeness mm -hmm. for. Mm -hmm. pretty much the duration of yeah. it. Yeah, it's an interesting decision to sort of place the family at the centre of the intrigue. Like, you you kind of, you find out who Antoine really is sort of scene by scene. And it's this whole thing about domestic abuse takes place behind closed doors. You never know what's going on unless you're part of that family. And, you know, victims, they tell their stories in courtrooms, but with no proof, with no evidence, it's all just hearsay. And so we are like the judge in the opening scene who doesn't come back into the film after the opening scene, but we pretty much are that character from the offset and throughout the film in a way that mm -hmm. we're looking at this family hearing these different sides of different things going on and eventually you're let in at the end well it's, it's that's actually really interesting that you use the phrase behind closed doors as well mm. because there's i think that this film is full of like closed yeah. doors and yeah. doors opening and doors you know um from the from kind of like the opening scene all the way to the end it's just a series of doors being closed and yeah. as an as as an audience we kind of get to see beyond those doors but we're constantly yeah. being reminded that not everybody does and you can't make kind of judgments about anyone um even if you're a judge uh presiding over a custody <laughs> yeah. battle and be right 100 percent of the time you know? that is really interesting because it does like like i said before it does keep you at this remove but then it's like the film is making its case as it goes along it just kind of presents just these different patterns of abusive behavior mm. um from from really from really minor ticks to just full-on kind oh, of craziness yeah. yeah 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 um but it's it's like you said it's really great that it doesn't um it doesn't set out to kind of just moralize it tries to present the kind of emotional reality of how these cases unfold for a lot of people mm. i imagine mm. um well, it's, it's, really it's, it's dangerous isn't it like like making a film where arguably the most complex character in your film is the, the, an abusive father yeah. an abusive yeah. husband um because he is complex and uh, as a filmmaker you kind of you don't want to have to make that decision of being like to, where it seems as though you're making excuses for this guy yeah. um which the film isn't doing not at all. Uh, it's not making excuses for him but i just think it's it, it, it's really important and what it does so well is that you um you you come to a point where you don't sympathize with this guy at you all understand him. but you understand like mm. why he's acting the way that he is and yeah. you're horrified by it basically and you and that in turn 
you know means that you can empathise with the with the family as well. I like that, it, despite despite the fact that uh, Minishay basically takes up most of the frame whenever he's on <laughs> camera, he's not a quote unquote monster. Uh, it's it's he's a person who has parents. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you mm-hmm. see him in these states of maybe I'm, I I wouldn't call it like sincere vulnerability. Is very man- he is very manipulative. Yeah, um, but it's it's very clear that he's made out to be like human and a person that could exist. Oh and yeah, I like I like that it didn't just go the route of him being a barbarian mm-hmm. from the out from the off. He's yeah. like a very. Uh, Pathetic <laughs> character. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah, he's very kind of sort of schlubby, and he's got this kind of crummy van, mm-hmm. and he his jobs like is it head of security at a hospital, and he's yeah. had to he's moved jobs to be close to his family. Doesn't he like live with his parents? I think he lives. He's temporarily living with them. Yeah, and he's about to move into a new place, mm. and he's got a room for Julian. Yeah, I think pathetic so enticing. Is, it really is <laughs> yeah, the right yeah. word to use in that respect, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I, I think a lot of people have seen parallels between this and Loveless, which we discussed hmm. a few weeks ago now on the podcast. And I, I, I can see that in about how you've got a sort of very innocent child life being torn apart by a divorce. But that film's very much both parents are at fault. This film is... It's a very necessary less, divorce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I don't know. I think that, that Loveless is also very, like, careful. It's, it's a beautiful film. And it's really well made. It's very, like careful film and it mm. takes its time with things and it's a bit more drawn out poetic yeah poetic yeah. whereas this I think is just a, a, every single scene to me like matters yeah uh, in terms raw. of the narrative yeah, yeah like it propels it's got such a, a, an interesting pace to it and yeah. that adds to what I think is the film's greatest strength which is just the, the tension throughout yeah because um, that's a reflection of the tension that you'd feel if you were in an abusive relationship you know you don't know yeah, where this guy is or where he's going to come from, and you you sense that in the film. I think that the, a lot of the most agonising scenes for me are basically with anyone waiting. When um, mm. there's a lot of shots that just linger on yeah. the boy, maybe just waiting in the car or waiting for his father to alone or waiting for his fa- father to respond. Yeah. Um, there's a really horrible scene at night when people are just kind of waiting and listening, which. Yeah is completely and utterly agonizing and feels very re- it feels mm-hmm. very involving and very real and it's so unsettling because mm-hmm. it doesn't take you out when there's yeah. a moment like this it doesn't take you out of it it just kind of just leaves you there and it's absolutely nightmarish yeah it's, yeah it's, it's, it is yeah. it really is um i've never i i have to admit um we uh, we were just discussing we saw it at the london film festival and we were probably in the same screening mm. um i didn't realize that the film was going to be so tense neither did i do you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought it was going to be kind of a, a, a stark, realistic drama. I'd say the Ooh, first yeah. 40 minutes are very kind of Dardenne-esque mm-hmm. in this kind of very low-budget, not very, not a lot of crazy camera moves or anything mm-hmm. like that, not a lot of big performances, mm-hmm. very down-to-earth, very matter-of-fact, people in courtrooms, people discussing the daily life, but then it does really ramp it up towards the end. Yeah, everything from when I think Julian goes to visit yeah. his father for the first time and you get to see this side of, of, uh, of him that is... Is quite monstrous. Um, everything after that becomes like, yeah, it's incredibly tension-filled. Um, yeah. and I think that's it's it's a huge strength of the film. I haven't I haven't experienced I didn't experience anything else like that at the festival that year. So I think it's um it's down to that kind of claustrophobia as well. It's such a small. It feels every space that uh, the film takes place in is so small. Like a lot of shot, basically, it just feels like the camera is pressing Julian mm-hmm. up against like the yeah, car window. Yeah. 
and it just feels like you're trapped in a lot of these spaces and yeah. i feel that this this small scale just kind of makes everything feel all the worse yeah. and it's just interesting how still like everything mm. is um yeah no it's a very still film i think the 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 only the only moment in the entire film that's got any kind of um like vivacity to it like a real kind of sense of style uh in a, like o- overt style is the party scene which has mm. that long take um that's going between all the characters yeah the most but, tense version yeah. of uh, rolling in what's the song called rolling in the river rolling i don't in the river. know yeah i think, I think you've heard, we've all heard it a million times yeah. but i have no idea who wrote it or who, who i'm gonna turner. guess that's what it's called <laughs> is, it? Tina is it tina turner uh, um yeah, she doesn't sing it like Tina Turner. No. Um, I don't know, she's very good. <laughs> <laughs> no, she isn't, but it's her birthday. Yeah. It's stressful. It's very stressful. Um, but, but that scene is uh, manages to be you know, stylish. Um, and it, although it's not as claustrophobic as every other scene in the film, it's still so kind of like filled with this air of like urgency. Something to, bad yeah, is about like to happen. Something bad yeah. is about to happen. That's, that's the key, I think. Something bad is about to happen is runs throughout the whole film. Yeah. And in a lot of ways... The best films for me get you to empathise with characters that you wouldn't usually empathise with, like um, a woman in an abusive relationship. Um, and this film does it so, so well. And by the end of it, yeah. you feel like you've been through the things that she's been through. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just fantastic, I think. Fantastically done. And well-researched, too, like yeah. by, by uh, Legrand. So let's talk a bit about uh, Minoche then, because he's... He, I think he's the actor you remember the most from the film. He's got the biggest role in terms of what he has to do and it's a shame that foreign language films don't get like Oscar attention in terms of acting. Because I think this is a really Oscar-y role for him. Mm. If this was an American film and he was an American actor, I think this would be right up the front, a, fourth, a front runner for best actor or something. Mm-hmm. He's incredible. He is, he is, yeah. He's just got this glowing presence yeah. the whole time. You feel like he's just a time bomb. It's not very, they're not very overt performances by anyone involved, mm. but I think he does a lot to... Um, he has these kind of two sides to him where one's this mask of uh, politeness and civility and then it just kind of starts peeling back across the whole film and he's really good at um, just imply- very subtly implying that something is wrong uh, with, I mean, with his character. I mean, we, <laughs> yeah. know, we know this much already, but it's just... Um, it's very good at... He's very good at just slowly um, revealing his true nature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If that yeah. makes sense. No, absolutely, and and I think he is the center point of the film in terms of the performances. I think a lot of yeah. the other actors play off him, yeah, uh, and because of his kind of intensity and his physicality, uh, it makes it easier for um, is it uh, what's the actress's name? Sorry, Leah Drucker. Leah Drucker. It makes yeah. it so much easier for Leah Drucker to be um, kind of feel feel like imposed, you know, imposed upon, mm. especially when he visits the apartment yeah. for the first time which is a, oh lord such a <laughs> terrifying terrifying scene um and uh yeah it just feels as though it doesn't it's it you look at him and you look at her and you think it's not going to take much for her to kind of feel yeah you know intimidated by i like guy. as well how stripped back everything is because again talking about loveless loveless is a film which is like layers upon layers of allegory and metaphor mm-hmm. and it's like social commentary mm-hmm. i didn't get any of that from this other than i mean i've know, only seen it once other than this is a film about uh how we don't do enough to stop. Yeah, this uh, film is literally yeah. about what it's about. Yes, it's just yes. everything's at the front. It's not hiding. It's not hiding anything mm. away. It's not making. It's not making you look for anything. It's mm-hmm. just shouting at you and like throwing it at you. Mm-hmm. But you're quite, you know, but not in a bad way. You're very happy to 
have this thrown at you and to yeah. watch this. Yeah, and it, and it's so tightly like constructed yeah. that at no point are you questioning any of the characters' decisions. Yeah. Like every yeah. decision the daughter, the mother, the son make is a sensible decision. Yeah. yeah. You completely under, yeah. you completely understand why they're doing what they're doing as well. Um it's we haven't really talked about the daughter as well because mm. it's I I find her arc so interesting because it's not absolutely explicit what is going on with her. We just kind of get this snapshot and you get the implication that she's just done, wants to get out of here. Yeah. She's got that boyfriend with the worst... Oh, the rat tail. tail. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, like God. That's had one. I had no idea what was happening. Master. I kept forgetting it was there and then you'd see it just hanging over his shoulder. <laughs> it looks like it shouldn't be there. Like, no. you know, it's like he needs to brush it off yeah. and it would just fall off. Yeah. I wished. Oh, my God. It was so distracting. But... um the the stuff with the daughter Josephine. Josephine, um, yeah. It just it um, it was really understanding because um, it's not like she's not this kind of sweet innocent like not sweet innocent Julian. Uh, she's kind of a very frustrated, angry, mm. um, just re- really restless teenager, and you can see you can kind of see how the stuff with her parents has just thrown her off mm-hmm. center mm-hmm. so there's we get these kind of insights but it doesn't um and it, the fact that it's just kind of a subplot is really interesting yeah. to me because it w- you could make a lot more out of it but i'd like that it's just this kind of undercurrent and it almost feels like a red like red herrings may be kind of a, is, a de- like it's not a negative term sometimes but yeah. with her especially with after the party with the final scene there's that misdirection of like where is he going to turn up? Is he going to come after mm. her or is he going to come after Julian? Yeah, and like... there's the scene where she's in the bathroom. Yeah. And am I right in that she's having a pregnancy test? Yes. Is that what's going on? I had, yeah. yeah, you're right. I'd forgotten about that scene, And it's actually. never spoken about or touched upon again. Mm. And I thought, oh, this is how he's going to... Another thing he's going to... I don't know. It's going to Bec- yeah, impact because it somehow. He, because they talk about his possessiveness yeah. over her and his... Uh, distaste with her having a boyfriend yeah. and it just seemed and you have this subplot of her basically quote unquote acting out yeah um but it's nice that it doesn't moralize or um disdain her mm. for doing any of these things oh, yeah, it's just no. yeah you're absolutely right i mean you I, I also we haven't touched upon the fact that the film is actually based on a short film that legrand yeah. did i didn't know this uh, yeah yeah what was the so what was it this called so just before losing everything. Yeah. So Which is 20 minutes, half an it's hour? It's about 20 long? minutes, half an hour. And it's the same actors, the same characters. And it's about when um, Mariam first leaves Antoine. She makes the decision. She makes to the leave. decision to leave him. And it's, another, I think, from what I understand, it's another sort of tense thriller of her running, hiding from him. And he follows her to work and he doesn't realize that she's leaving. And mm, mm. the sort of. So very similar. I mean, similar. Like... I mean, it's. it's what's interesting is that. Uh, you know, in the custody cinematic universe, <laughs> it's you know, this is a sequel to that short film. It is, yeah. Because uh, it's not like it's a remake of the short film. It's not like you know, Whiplash. I think is also based on a short film with similar characters, and that's an ex- expansion of that. This is a follow-on from that film. Yeah, that's that's strange. Which is really me. strange and really interesting. Yeah. And, and he must have really believed in these characters. Yeah, and clearly you don't have to have seen the short film. Mm. Be interesting. It's a very to different watch the film without it. It's a very sorry. It's a very uh, different film without that information yeah. as well. Um, not because not because it's like um, it's a mystery as to whether or not this is a bad. The dad is a bad person, but it's just it's a very different perspective that you're 
coming into the film with. Yeah, yeah. That you're not figuring things out as you go along anymore. Yeah. And yeah. You know very well what's going on. It's like, just yeah. I, I imagine like someone if someone's seen that short film and then starts watching custody, they'd just mm. be screaming at these judges. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought it was especially weird as well when Samuel L. Jackson turned up after the end credits. <laughs> it's really strange. Whoa, uh... Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> age of Antoine yeah Age of, age of Antoine yeah. <laughs> great <laughs> oh stop <laughs> no but it's yeah, I think um, I'd, I'm really interested to see what Legrand does next and he is an actor in his own right he is yeah um, which uh, I asked uh, Minache about which you can hear in the interview and I think that definitely shows shines through in the film he knows exactly where these guys should be and exactly what they should be doing the block in the performances it's all very much like talked about you feel like these guys have li- have had lives outside of the frame um, yeah. he knows he knows what he's doing with these characters and I am very intrigued to see what he does next um, is he going to be one of these kind of French young French directors that has this big breakout film and then kind of disappears and mm. ends up making kind of like French films in the mainstream for the rest of his career or will he kind of be a festival favourite um, at Cannes you know yeah who knows be yeah. intrigued but I'm very interested to see He's definitely, I mean, Venice Film Festival seems to think he's one to watch. They have dubbed him the Lion of the Future. Awesome name. Which could be in this, uh, you know, custody CU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, easily, easily. Um, Ant one man? No. Uh, I preferred Age of Antoine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's stick with Age of Antoine for now. Let's get ahead of ourselves. Okay. I and Miriam. I've spoken about Julian much. Uh, Julian is kind of although we said like um, Antoine is the one you talk about Julian is the centre of the film mm. and he's often the centre of many shots as well mm-hmm. he's sort of between people and mm-hmm. you're right in the centre of the frame they got a really in the story. great performance out of that boy yeah. yeah he was really really great and his name is Thomas Gioria Gioria yeah he's yeah. he's he's fantastic uh, you, you have you have to have a kid who is uh, in some ways kind of um, really vulnerable, mm-hmm. but also has like this bit of strength to him as well. Um, and he's, uh, the way he cares about his mum and he lies yeah. in order to protect his mum is, yeah. is actually really moving that even it's, at his yeah. age, it's very sad that at his age he already knows this kind of like darkness. Yeah. You know, um, he kind of talked his way around it really well. It was really, it was really heartbreaking without, you know, beating you over the head with yeah. it. And th- I think this is where. Because there's not really, apart from that's one song, there's not really a soundtrack or anything. No. It doesn't steer your emotions anywhere, and it's all yeah. like left on true. um on Thomas. Um, yeah, it's all left on him to just convey this simp- this like deep sympathy, mm. and it's he's really good. He's uh, really good, isn't he? Yeah, really, great. really great. Yeah, there's, um, yeah. So um, I mean, it's, it must be so difficult to work with a child actor and, and within yeah. with this kind of, especially narrative. in this. Yeah. Oh god. Um, uh, I mean, Menashe talks about it in the interview that we just listened to, but uh, I can only imagine that you know they had extensive conversations with this kid about about how to deal with a father and how to deal with a uh, an abusive relationship, and they must be difficult conversations to have. So you know, all credit to Legrand and, and Menashe yeah. and, and Drucker, who must have worked with him quite extensively. That's. Um... The camera kind of, uh, the camera loves him. No, <laughs> uh, what really interested me was the so the a lot of the shots of um, Julian when he's in his father's car, and it's kind of just from the outside, just just of him looking out the window. And I think there's just this kind of sense of longing to get the hell out of there, oh, which yeah. Yeah. really makes you feel. 
for this character, which yeah. I just thought were really good. That's just what I wanted to say. And it ling- it lingers for so long as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, for yeah. sure. For me, I mean, yeah. it, it, is a, it is a fantastic film, and I hope people go to see it. It's understated. Very um, understated, yeah. You know, and not a pleasant night out. <laughs> no. It's not easy. But brilliant. Yeah. Really, really well made. Um, Iron Man Ashe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I think the the best thing one of the really great things the film does is it blends like the social realist drama with a suspense thriller mm. which is not easily done at all mm. this blend of two almost opposite genres and I think it does it seamlessly Tita's on the brink it, a few times of, of headed into like almost horror film territory yeah pulls it back yeah mm. definitely alright so that is Custody which is out in cinemas now and as always, we want to encourage you to let us know what you think of the films we discuss. Uh, so we've got a few reviews this week to read out. Uh, a few weeks ago, we spoke about Isle of Dogs, and it's still in cinemas and it's really, really popular. You guys both seen and liked Isle of Dogs? I loved it. Yeah, I mostly it. liked it. Okay. <laughs> well, David Laurie, uh, who is known on Twitter as at Cave of Films, says... Steely, unexpected, almost alarmingly idiosyncratic, Anderson's grown-up stop-motion odyssey showcases all of his hallmarks but feels like a departure too, inventive and intellectual, but with every exquisite piece in its perfect place. I'd agree. It's an exquisite film. I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. I went to see the exhibition that was on at the Strand. So did I. Yeah, when you you see those models, you're kind of amazed by how intricate the film is. Yeah, um, it's kind of his usual sense of control. I was just surprised at how dark... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it does get dark. Yeah, they ran out of ramen when I got there, though. Oh, what a shame. That is dark indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't love dogs that day. <laughs> and last week, we spoke about uh, 120 beats per minute. And Sam Alexander said, I fell in love with 120 BPM yesterday for so many reasons, and I'm still in a daze thinking about how perfect it was. Pretty much agree with that as well. Perfect. Can't wait to see it. A perfect film is, uh, is hard, to hard, hard to come by, yeah. but BPM definitely uh, elevates itself to that level in so many ways. Yeah. Um, again, another, another very difficult watch, but, uh, but worthwhile every step of the way. Um, so yeah, 120 BPM is still out in cinemas as well and is also available on Curzon Home Cinema and I spoke to the writer and director Robin Campio so you can go back and listen to last week's show to check that out and as ever, let us know what you think about any film we've recently tackled and we can read out your review. You can let us know on Twitter or you can email podcast at curzon.com That's goodbye from Stephen. Goodbye. Goodbye from Campbell. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Thank you very much for listening. 